Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we are back once again. I believe this is episode 28. I can't believe we're, we're rocking and rolling. I like to consider myself the host of this gong show. I am your Chuck Barris on this journey with these uh, turkeys. Uh, we got, uh, <laughs> we got a, a special guest, as usual, Chris, joining us this week. We're going to talk about some Dark Side of the Ring and some wrestling past things and uh we're gonna go into uh maybe uh put a pin in the wrestling talk and get heavy into the football starting probably a little bit this week and then heavy for the next couple of weeks so uh with that being said we usually uh hit up uh eduardo with the old hey uh, hey, hey with the whole bag of tricks the so whole Ed- bag of tricks let me let me do the uh the old hawkeye appears from mash let me <laughs> let me dig down to the bottom of the of the thing is is that you know, I, first and foremost, I'd like to say to Glenn from Sarasota, Florida, thank you very much for listening to the show. We do gra- we do greatly appreciate it, and thank you very much. This, I really feel like this is a great question tonight. This isn't like uh, smashes on on us guys, or this is uh, actually this is actually a good question. It's uh, youth coaches. Uh, do you think coaches should be paid for coaching youth sports? Thanks, Glenn from Sarasota. Uh, I'll kick it back to you guys. You guys go first, and I'll finish it out. I'd like to start with Chris because I've coached with Chris before and we have uh, we, we've coached some youth hockey programs and uh, Chris has had some uh, some good you coach the youths, huh? Yeah. So, Chris, take it. Take it away. You know, give us your thoughts on that. So question to ask is, why do we coach? Right. Um, I got into it because I had somebody approach me and say, hey, why don't you try this out? I think you'd be good with the kids. And I love it. I love doing it for the kids, right? I think that's why we all do it. We enjoy just being around. I go out there. Uh, I'm running a muck on the ice with them, chasing them around, get, you know, making it good and fun for them. You know, that's that's my favorite part of it is just enjoying the interaction with the kids. And I'm there anyway, right? I'm sitting there. I'm bringing my son there for practices. Instead of sitting in the stands, I might as well be out there with him on the ice. So um, as far as getting paid for it, I feel like it's something that, uh, we do out of, you know, just the pure joy of when we used to play hockey or just being back out there. And again, we got our own kids that we're pretty much out there with all the time. So um, I don't see me wanting money for that. I will say and will admit, though, there comes the headaches with, you know, the political games that get involved in, with coach hockey, you know what I mean? Coaches and youth hockey, um, the parents too, sometimes is not the easiest thing to deal with. You know, I think that's, the, <laughs> that's the toughest part is dealing with the parents most of the time, you know, um, again, it's, but it, as far as getting paid, I don't feel like I ever would take money for it. Right. It's, uh, it's fulfilling enough for me as coaching as I am again this year, I took last year off, but I'm doing it again this year to help out. And again, it's all about the, right. It's all about the kids. I do it for the kids and (laughs) that's what I'm there for. You know what I mean? So um, I, I I personally wouldn't accept or want to take any money for it, but sometimes uh, you think about it and you're like, damn, I'm doing all this extra stuff and I'm still getting shit from this one, that one. (laughs) Not going to lie. It does get a little, uh, you know, What do you think? What's your take? Well, you know, I don't have uh, a horse in the race. I don't have any kids or anything, but I did about 20 years ago. I coached T-ball and I had a blast. And back then I could care less if I got paid. I was coaching with my dad. My dad was a coach and I had a blast, but now I have to tell you now, I think coaches should get paid a little bit because as Chris said, parents are 
much worse than they were back then 20 years ago when I uh, when I coached anyway. I mean, the kids now, everybody thinks their kid is pick whoever your favorite, your big athlete is in whatever sport you're coaching. I mean, they all think the kids should never leave the ice or or leave the uh, field. I mean, when in the youth rules, you have to play like in baseball. Anyway, every kid has to play like in Little League. It's like I think every kid has to play at least one inning in the or in the field or get one at bat. So, I mean, there's a lot of headaches now that the coaches have to deal with that they really didn't have to deal with back then. So I say, yeah. Dad, what do you think? Well, I, I don't agree with getting uh, getting paid for coaching. First and foremost, look, if your kid's special, he's special. They they know when he's in the seventh grade or not or when she's in the seventh grade or not to take it to the next level. I mean, Andy, you can speak on this. We both know somebody in your family. She She's playing at the next level, right? I mean, they know already, right? I, well, so the thing, no, yeah. no. I, I mean, I'm being serious. I'm, I'm not being, I'm not going to be snarky about this. I mean, I, I can honestly sit here and say, I mean, I twenty, I made twenty five cents an hour when I coached high school football. Look, the thing is, is like if you think like, it, it's, it's about making your community better and making your, making everything around you better. Look, ninety nine percent of the kids that are playing, you know, little league baseball, Babe Ruth baseball, high school football, they're not going to the show. They're not even going to the next level. So the thing is, is that. Hey, how about if you think you can do it better than the coaches that aren't getting paid, why don't you step behind the bench, right? Why don't you put your money where your mouth is? You, you think that you know better than what they do? Okay, fine. You take the certification class. You do it. You know, you come down and step out on it. Oh, wait, but that's right. You, you're not willing to give that time commitment to that in the kids. So, no, you shouldn't get paid. Like, if you're doing youth sports, and I say that to be funny, it's not about getting paid. It's about making your community better. And the thing is, is like, Look, most of the kids are playing sports right now. I mean, where I'm from right now, I have a, I had a kid that worked for me. Look, he is a senior in high school, and he needs Tommy John surgery because he plays second base. Dude, you're second base. There's no reason why on any God's green earth that you should be having to have Tommy John surgery on your elbow because you play second base. Okay? That's, that's a pitching industry, like injury. That's not a second base injury. That means you are playing way too much baseball. You're not getting coached properly. You're not getting proper rest, and you're just playing too much. So, you know, the thing is, coaches shouldn't get paid. And the thing about it is, is that funny story. Andy, when we went to the rink in Taunton that night, there was a thing on the side. That, there was a sign that said, uh, you know, basically paraphrasing, if you think your kid's going to make it a second, the next level, well, you may want to think make make one another choice. Okay? That's my take. Uh, so I'll, I agree with everything that you three guys said, uh, and I'm going to take, I'm going to take a different perspective on this. Not that I don't agree with what you said and I'm not flip-flopping or whatever, but here's your waffling, bro. You're a big waffle. Wa You're a waffle. We do wrong when it comes to youth sports in the United States. If you're a kid that grows up in Canada and you play hockey, it, say you had a second grade teacher named Mrs. Smith. Well, your second grade hockey coach is Mr. So-and-so and he stays in that spot forever until he doesn't want to do it anymore. And he gets paid by the town to coach. So their coaches are tiered like teachers. They don't move around. They just stay where they are and they get paid to coach. So it's almost like when you have a discussion about when you went to elementary school, junior high or high school, who'd you have for this? Who'd you have for that? Oh, I know so-and-so I had him for my, you know, my Pee Wee A team when I was in, you know, fifth grade or, or 
they stay there in the community and they get paid like teachers in Canada. And that's why they, they, they're rooted in and they're, you know, part of the community. Whereas there's a turnover all the time with, with youth coaches, because you tend to stay with your kid. And I had um, a discussion about that with, and it was an open discussion at a, at a board meeting one time. How come we don't get people to stay longer because they the rule is you stay with your kid. So if you have somebody at a might level, that's fantastic. And they're not worried about getting paid. They, they're not allowed to because they don't have anybody there representing their family. So I think things like that could change a little bit. If you find somebody that's like very good at what they do and uh, they're willing to do it year after year and, and develop kids, that that's fantastic. The money thing, it, it's, I know in Canada it's based different. They actually get a uh, a paycheck like like a teacher would for uh, you know like a part time job with the with the city or the town that that they coach in, and they stay at that level. And uh, I think you know for years on you create you know uh, better players like that because of of how entwined in the community those you know those coaches are. So that that's a great question as far as the current status. I mean we don't even get. I mean, I have two kids that play. They don't even get a discount for two kids playing. So, I mean, and you coach on top of it. So that's a whole hassle. So as far as that goes, that's that's one of the better questions that we've had. So, you know, whoever had sent that in, that's – that's uh, I think that, that is a great question. Yeah, I think it's a great uh, topic for discussion. Like, uh, you know, if anybody has any more questions. To, yeah, you know, I'd like to circle back on that, actually, if you don't mind. No, no. I mean, like, you know, you brought up a great point about like how they do in Canada, right? Like, hey, look, you know, you're the second grade, like teacher, you're you're the second grade thing. Okay, that's great. But here's the thing that, that that's, that's how it is in Canada, you know. And the thing about it is, is that here, like, everybody thinks that kids going to the show, man. Well, like, that, they're not. I they're think not. that having a, a coach like that, that's in, entwined. It's like the kid that, you know, is really good in school. The teacher's not holding the really good kids back. They're trying to help the kids get better that are at the bottom. No kid left behind type of thing now. So it's like that with the hockey. It's not, you're not a good coach if you got horses. It's the kids on the back end that you are trying to make better to help that team win. That's what makes you a good coach. I'll go on record yeah. that all day. Yeah. I mean, like, if you're the like A I, coach I, and you're like, picking I mean, a team for A players, you got the best of the best. So your job should be easy. It's the guy on the, on the back end. That's got the kids that are either just learning or that's not their favorite sport. They just play for the love of the game. Those are the well, coaches that are in their stripes are the ones that are on the, on the back end with the lower tier teams. Well, I mean, like when I was, when I was coaching, it was one of those things, you know, freshman year, you know, you, you're kind of getting the introductory. I mean, you know, like a lot of the kids, they've never played football before, right? They've never strapped on the gear. And, and if they have, you know, they, if they have strapped on the gear before, they're going to a different position. Like a lot of these kids, they've played offensive line or they played defensive line or inside linebacker and stuff like that. All of a sudden, they get put out in, like, into space, right? You know, and like playing in space is a whole different ball game, you know, than putting your hand in the dirt, you know? And the thing about it is, is, is that like, you know, I think that part of it is is like, you know, it's, it's like these kids get these unreal expectations that like because you're good at peewee football, or your peewee, your great at peewee, or the might, or you know, or the bantam level in hockey, that you're going to be great. And like, really? No, you're not. I mean, so like, the thing about it is, is like, you know, how, how can you make these kids better and and continue to like 
make them better in the community. You know, I always had the good thing, you know, the thing when I was coaching was like, are you going to be good citizens in your school? Are you going to be a great ambassador to your school district and that type of thing? Like that, that's, that's something that you project on. What are you going to do for your community? I mean, I know that sounds cheesy and stuff like that, but I mean, that's, that's really where I come from, man. I mean, look, and we all know I'm a, I'm a freaking idiot when I came out to being out on the ice. Andy, you know it, Tom, you know it, you know, no, I mean, I'm no. a jerk, but Tom, no, yeah, I mean, no come on. No, no. But like, but from a professional standpoint, I mean, that's really what I thought. Like when we play in knucklehead freaking university, you know, when we were playing like Semho or, you know, or the Boston league and whatnot, I mean, come on, we were playing cement heads, you know? So you're saying that's what you're going to cap this whole thing off with? Is that? Yeah. Okay. I'm a cement head. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we can talk probably the whole half an hour about this question because it is one of the really good questions that we've. It's a good one. It really is. As we're always strapped for, strapped for time and I like to keep it moving. We, we had two. Well, I mean, one, people need to buy the shirts so we can so we can go longer. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, buy the shirt. It, buy the shirt. Yeah. Right? You want more time? Buy some shirts. That that's how it is. We we get the free zoom. You get thirty minutes, so that that's all we could give you. Uh, buy the shirts. Buy the shirts. Yep. Buy a shirt. Tom City picks and push these fans up. Those are shirts. Buy the shirts. Buy the shirts. So uh, a couple passings this week in the wrestling community. Uh, we had uh, a legit Hall of Famer Terry Funk passed away, and yeah, he had yeah. been battling some issues over the last couple of years. I think a dementia and things like that. So I, I don't want to say I was surprised, but definitely uh, a legend gone, like, you know, from that Holly Race school. And the, the his brother, Dory Funk Jr., is older than him, and he's still alive. So uh, and the, the one that just popped up the other day, which was uh, super surprising, was Bray Wyatt. Um, thoughts on the Bray Wyatt passing? Um, I don't know who wants to take that one first. I'll go. Bray that it was a shock. And I mean, what, from what everything I've read online, what his family has allowed in like the, uh, the wrestling dirt sheets, they've come out and said now that he died of a heart attack and that he had uh heart problems and they were exasperated by, he had COVID-19 over a year ago now. And that's why he had, he's been gone for this year, year and a half. And I guess, they're blaming it on uh, the his heart attack. They're blaming it on that was uh, all the heart problems that he had from COVID. But the guy was an unbelievable talent that they really kind of dropped the ball with. I mean, they could have done so much more with that character. And he was really the wrong time for them because he they, he's built for that 90s when it was uh, anything goes era. Now with this PG thing, they kind of had to scale it back and just kind of put handcuffs on him. And he, he was so good from what I read. He came up with a lot of his own, like he helped design the mask that he wore. And he just, everything I've read about the guy is, is as good as a performer and a person who was in front of the camera. He was like one of the nicest guys backstage. And I haven't heard one bad thing about the guy. And unfortunately, he leaves four kids and his wife, who was the uh, WWF uh, ring announcer a few years ago, uh, Jojo Offerman. So it, it's just a real bad loss. And people don't realize how good of an athlete he was. He played college football at Troy and he was a defensive tackle. Uh, Chris, thoughts on Bray Wyatt? I know you're um, a newer school wrestling fan. So do you have yeah. any thoughts on the pass? And he was 36 
Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, even Terry Funk, too, you know, like, uh, I don't remember much of him, but his career was so long that even I caught a, a, a bit of it, right? Uh, when he was teammate, uh, tag teaming with Cactus Jack and going against the New Age Outlaws. That's that was Chainsaw my introduction. Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chainsaw Charlie, exactly. That was my introduction into WWE, really. It was. That's like literally the year I started watching. So, um, you know, him getting tossed off the uh, in the dumpster off the the ramp, you know, by the New Age Outlaws with uh, Cactus Jack and and himself and Chainsaw Charlie inside the dumpster was a huge memory of mine. Um, so, so that was big, um, pretty shocking. Obviously, uh, as far as Bray Wyatt goes, like the Wyatt family, what a what a um, interesting character that guy was. Like his vignettes were unbelievable you know those little side clips that he would do you know strange right it was like a cross from like a chainsaw massacre it was like you were watching kind of like a, a horror movie right wwe style like the guy was just uh so creative uh mind wise with his videos and characters and the things that he did and uh my favorite was when he teamed up with alexa bliss who doesn't like a little bit of alexa bliss you know so uh, yeah, tragedy on both ends uh, of 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 you know their their uh, lives ending definitely is um, pretty shocking. Yeah, especially with Bray Wyatt such a young age. I'm 36, so just thinking he was literally, he was literally born the same. You're guy. a young bastard, motherfucker. And <laughs> <laughs> thoughts on the Terry Funk, real quick. Oh man, you know, Funk you, man, man, just great, just great memories with the guy. I mean, he just, you know, like he was the first guy out when, you know, when uh, mankind went through the through the through the cage that night, and he tried to stop it, you know, and just, and I remember just, you know, just really just was a really great guy. Just like he he brought the he elicited that response out of you that the true like true guys that live their gimmick brought to you. There's not a lot of guys that are around there that do that. And uh, Dude, he did that. So, so many Terry Funk stories. I mean, if you go and you uh, do a deep dive on yeah. YouTube, uh, you can get some really, really good Terry Funk stories. Yeah. Like uh, uh, before he <laughs> before he broke in the business, his father was having a big cookout for the NWA at the ranch in Amarillo. And uh, he says to one of the guys, hey, let's, let's go get some stuff. So I guess he had the key to the uh, storage locker at the um, – Armory, uh, and he got uh, two hand grenades, and they had an old shed like on the property. And he tossed the hand grenades at the shed during the cookout and blew up the shed. So yeah, he was he was crazy. And uh, my favorite promo, if anybody ever wants to do a deep dive, it's on YouTube. It's from like seventy seven, seventy eight. He's actually in Florida, and he's doing a promo where he takes a whole bottle of motor oil and he's pouring it over his head while he's cutting the promo and the oil's going off for no apparent reason, just to, just to show you how crazy he was. And then you're talking 77, 78. And, you know, we haven't even gotten into the 80s yet. In all the movies that he was in, Paradise Alley, he was in everybody's favorite movie, Roadhouse. You know, Roadhouse. He was a ton, ton of movies he was in. Uh, you know, and he was the one that uh, Sylvester Stallone actually um, – took a real liking to and when they were on the set of paradise alley and that's what uh opened the door for a lot of these wrestlers through sylvester stallone to get into movies and a lot of, that's uh you know so terry funk was probably like the gate to get a lot of these guys into you know mainstream movies 
even as bit pots, but at least they, you know, could get SAG benefits and insurance and all that other stuff. So staying on the wrestling topic, we uh, haven't had a chance to uh, finish our season of Dark Side of the Ring, the last two episodes, the WCW episode with the the Hogan Jarrett drama and uh, the Marty Jannetty. Uh, what a character, huh? Uh, just just some some crazy Marty Jannetty stuff. So what do you what do you guys want to talk about? Do you want to do the Jannetty or do you want to do oh, let's do this? There's the just so much to talk about with Jannetty. <laughs> all right, all right, let's 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 hit it. Go ahead, Tom. Oh, I mean it's it it's a cross between like feeling bad for him and calling bullshit on him because I mean there's so much there's so many things that it's just when you when you watched it, it's like what the hell? Like, you don't know what to believe. Like his friends are even saying you can't believe ninety nine percent of the stuff coming out of his yes, mouth. Yes, because he's full of shit. That's why. Oh, he's I mean, and he's so. Honestly, and you I can mean, tell. Like, I mean, look what look what freaking you know HBK did. I mean, after he left him, I mean, like the thing about it is, is that those guys <clears throat> were partying, doing coke, freaking partying, being rock stars. So I mean, like the thing is, my question to to you, Tommy, is this: I mean, if you know, so. Heartbreak Kid, I mean, he went on and, like, he yeah. jumped to the next level, right? And they were already at that next level when they were together, right? So, I mean, my question, too, is this. So, who's really the real problem, right? Yeah. You can play the victim all you want, right? Yeah. Oh, he, he's so jealous. You could tell he's so jealous of HBK. It's ridiculous. And, they, like, they had Brutus Beefcake call him HBK and ass kisser. Well, I mean, all he did was play the game. If you know what the game, how the game's being played backstage, do what you have to do to get ahead. And I mean, if you can see, if you see the problems that Gennetti and you can see he's going to be an anchor with all the problems backstage and his drugs and everything. I mean, I have no problem with what HBK did. And it's just, you think by, you think by so his look full he's of shit. done drugs? You really think by his look he's done drugs? That's not oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, we have seen him in person at some of these conventions. And he's, I mean, there's no question whatsoever. The guy is. Uh, I need to interject here. Uh, our lawyers of Bleaker, Bleaker, and Bleaker and Cohog have nothing to do with this. This is a personal opinion of Tom Brown. <laughs> to enhance our, our our thing, just want to toss it out there. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, let's let's you have the floor. Hit hit us with some Marty Janetti. Well, I think we all pretty much agree on the Mighty Genity. I feel the same way, right? So uh, I, I watched the the, the episode. Um, the guy's definitely a character. Perfect way to to, to you know describe him. He's a character. Uh, touching on Bash at the Beach there, though, that WCW interview real quick. Um, I want to throw it out to you guys, a question. Like, whose side are you really on that? Are you going to go with Vince Russo? Or are you going to go, I mean, they're all bullshitters. They're all liars, right? That's what they do, right? Or are you going to go with Eric Bischoff and Hogan? My take on that is I felt like Hogan was just being a little Sally, you know, like Hogan, I'm sorry, your time was up. You did great for WWF all your years. You did good for WCW in those couple of years, taking away, you know, the, the ratings uh, and pretty much bringing from WWF over to WCW. But like, come on, Hogan, like to give anybody a contract where they're going to have creative control of a show like that. That was a disaster, right? Um, not saying what Vince Russo did at the end, uh, coming out and, and and saying he got the fake belt and then having another match with Booker T and Jeff Jarrett. But you can see, too, Jeff Jarrett, to me, in my opinion, is a straight-up dude. Like, that dude, and I thought he, you know, very honest about everything. So that you're going to tell me, you're going to tell me, Chris, that you're going to believe somebody that has, that's, have, that's had uh, connections to the wrestling business for, like, like 
two or three generations. Come on, man. You're better than that. Aren't yeah, you? Not, but I mean, I see, that, I see that Bruins sign behind your head. So, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. That's not going to work for me, brother. <laughs> it's not going to work for me. Uh, it's see, I think Hogan is, uh, you know, the worst thing you can do to, to a wrestler is give them creative control because then, you know, they're never gonna, you know, lose a match. They, they're always going to do what's best for them, not for, you know, the product that you're, you know, whether it's the, whatever federation you're in it. Can I use that word federation anymore? Uh, Oof, man. I mean, you're, you're going way on the wire on that one. Brother. The worldwide wrestling federation, the three W's. Um, no, I agree with you. See me. I, I think, uh, I think Hogan, you know, he's just, he's all, he's always been all about himself and, you know, he only wanted to work with certain people and, you know, that, that whole, they should put that on a Hogan t-shirt. That's not going to work for me, brother. Um, <laughs> but he, he's been known, uh, there's another thing if you want to do another deep dive with, uh, all of, uh, Hogan's BS stories over the years and, and things like that. That's, that's, uh, that's a good one too. I'm not saying he's not, you know, a fun guy to meet or a fun guy to, to be around. It's just, you know, you're, if you're working with him, he's definitely, uh, you gotta, you know, watch out how he manipulates, but he's, he's a master of backstage politics. That's, that's his thing. So, um, you know, I, what, oh, you know what I think would be best. I think since you guys have been looking for a celebrity, I think now that we're on all these platforms, if, if Mr. Terry, Hogan himself sees this video. He needs to come on here and explain himself to all of us. Oh, that's a good plug. I like that. That's I like plug, it, Chris. But I like you it. know Hogan's never going <laughs> We don't have the 50 grand to get him on here. <laughs> yeah, and uh, to spend 50 grand for half an hour, I don't even think that's worth it. You know what? You could get in Thailand with 50 grand for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Me love you long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, as far as like the Janetti and Dark Side, uh, how'd you guys feel about the whole season? Are they getting long in the tooth with episodes? Do you think there's still stuff left to do? Like, I think there's still a lot of shit on the tires. I just wish that they would start like kind of making it so like like slanted one way or the other. Yeah, do you, I wish. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I think that you know it's it's just like the thirty for thirty with Hogan and Macho Man and Ric Flair is. You know, they, they, they lean heavy one way or the other, and they make it look like, ah, well, you know, this guy was more of a jerk than what he was. You know, I mean, because the thing is, if we go back and we circle back to the macho macho man back in the day, you know, and they're like, oh, well, he had all these things wrong with him, and he was, like, super political and that type of thing. And, you know, all of a sudden, they, they make it out to be like he was this big bad guy. And, you know, Hogan was like, and you can see when Hogan's talking, he's got this big smirk on his face, like he's cashing the check. So and it's like, come on, man! Like the dude died, and the thing is, is like you have his brother is talking truth, and now you're talking smack about him. Come on, man! Yeah, That's I just cool. wish that they they would do him more when the guys are alive, so you could get there. I agree. Thing. I agree. But it's it's tough to do one after somebody's passed away. I I know that they were talking about doing a superstar Billy Graham one. Now you had him all those years. I don't know why they didn't do it in the first season, but we got to push it along. Uh, Tom, we got to get your uh, shitty picks for the week. Tom, shitty picks. Tom, shitty picks. Buy the shirt. Buy the shirt. It's Tom, shitty picks. Buy the shirt. Embrace the suck, people. All right. This week, I'm going with. I'm My picks last week were okay. Just okay. Bryce Elder went 1-0, but he was the second star got pushed back because the Braves are doing so well. They went to a six-man rotation, so he didn't have two starts that I thought he would. 
My hitter of the week last week was Bellinger from the Cubs. He's doing okay. He's got 11 points going into the tonight's game, and he's got tomorrow's game. But uh, this week coming up, my pitcher of the week, I'm going with Justin Steele from the Cubs. He's got two starts, one against Milwaukee and one against Cincinnati. Steele is 14-3 and on the season. He's got a 2.80 ERA, and uh, he's second in the majors in ERA. So I think he's going to get a lot of strikeouts this week. And my hitter of the week is Freddie Freeman from the uh, L.A. Dodgers. He's got three against Arizona, and then he finishes up against his old team, Atlanta. And he he's just been lighting up Atlanta since ever since they they let him go to uh, the Dodgers. Whenever they play Atlanta, he lights them up. So I think he's going to have a big week. So uh, that we're, we're going to condense a couple segments together. We usually have a buffer in between, but. Uh... Tom, we're going to do uh, album of the week. We kind of have a semi-new sponsor to talk about. Um, it's uh, Go ahead, Tom. You can... Yeah, it. Mike. This, we're going to be sponsored by Purchase Street Records. They're Southern New England's largest independent record store, and they're located at 53 Popes Island, Unit 2, New Bedford, Mass. Or you can go online at purchasestrecords.com. And i got to tell you, we know Roger Schwenard, who owns it, and... If he doesn't have an album for you there in person, he can get it for you. He he is phenomenal with that. And uh, so my record of the week this week, I'm going old school. I'm going to go with Rush and Chronicles. What? <laughs> and uh, it's phenomenal. It's double compilation CD. Got 28 songs on it, including Tom Sawyer, Closer to the Heart, uh, La Via Strangiato, Spirit uh, of Radio, which there's some pretty fun. I'm reading up on this album. There were some pretty good stories of it. Like Spirit of Radio, they wrote it to, to talk about how bad rock radio had gotten back in the uh, back when they wrote the song. I guess it was like in the late 70s, early 80s. And uh, 2112, which was a 20 minute song that they had to condense down to get it on an album, which to get it down to seven minutes. And then they ended up making a comic book out of it. Uh, a lot of good Rush tunes. Um, oh, hell yes. Uh, I mean, if you listen to any cl classic rock station, wherever you live, I mean, they're, they're playing a ton of Rush songs. I mean, Fly By Night, that's on there. Uh, like Tom said, Tom Sawyer. Uh, there's so, so many, so many Rush songs. And everybody knows a Rush song. Whether you know who they are or not, you know a Rush song. Um little fun fact with the wrestling that uh Kerry Von Eric used to come to the ring for his entrance music to Tom Sawyer by Rush uh back in the world class championship of wrestling days. So uh, that was e that was ESPN AWA. Am I correct on that one? Yeah, yeah. Um so with that uh being said, we got about four minutes left. Uh we usually uh do the quick shout outs. Uh Chris, you got anything this week? Uh, yeah, just to touch real quick on uh, Roger there. Thanks for that, uh, uh, you know, helping my boys out here. Uh, I can literally probably throw a rock with my uh, baseball arm and, and hit his record store. That's how close I live. So I will be by there to visit real quick. Um, as cool far as there. They have really cool T-shirts. They have really cool, 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 even if you're not into albums, they have really cool, like, uh, music memorabilia and stuff like that. I, yes, I they do. I had one sent to me. Yeah, yeah. You sure? I did. Next week, wear it if you uh, can, Ed. If you think about it. Awesome. I, I will it, be. You know, life, I will life be by there soon. You know? 
Cool. I will be by there soon, definitely. As far as shout-outs go, I got a quick shout-out to uh, uh, um, little Mr. Sauce and uh, Special K. Uh, you know, I had to watch their podcast. It's a great podcast, the Special Sauce podcast. I uh, loved it. It was awesome to watch uh, a couple little people uh, talk some, some, some <laughs> good stuff in there. So keep on working hard, kids. Good job. Hey, you got anything this week? Well, I'm gonna I'm just gonna piggyback on Chris. Keep on rocking in the free world, okay? Gotcha. Uh, I'm gonna say, uh, you know, can anybody save us? Could it be Jesus? That would be a slap shot reference. Uh, you know, no. Uh, thank you very much for everybody so supporting us. Uh, we do we greatly appreciate it, and thank you very much. And uh, I I really don't have much else to say, which I know that comes as a shock to everybody. Yeah, you're um, doing great. We're all coming. Thank you very much. And Tom, what do you got? Uh, well, tomorrow I have my first fantasy football draft of the year, and it's with the boys. I've been in this pool for 30 years now. And 30 years. 30 years with the same guys. Years. One or two guys have changed, but the Portuguese Phantom's going to be there. So uh, you wearing alligator shoes? <laughs> I want to I want to give him a shout out, but also tell him that you might as well just give me the money now because I'm winning the pool. Good, good call. Okay, so Tom. you're wearing alligator shoes. You're flying. Uh, you're riding Lear jets, driving like limousine riding. So, uh, quick shout out. I just want to say thanks to everybody that uh, has been really uh, supportive with the uh, audio since it went live this past week. All 27 episodes are up there. Uh, friends, family, uh, even if you don't have YouTube or access to it, if you want to listen to it in the car, there's so many avenues. I think there's like six or seven different ways you can listen to it. Spotify. Uh, we're, because we're, we're awesome. Yeah, we're, we're working. We're working hard. Um, we're awesome. We're, we're, we're like awesome. uh, flea market quality, but we're uh, we're going big. Touch every day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so with that being said, I'm gonna wrap it up this week for these three turkeys, and I appreciate every time. <laughs> appreciate every time these guys come on. We're getting closer to 30 episodes, and and that's the thing. We're we're almost at the halfway mark for the year from when we started, and we're just uh, chipping away and. Um, I just want to say thanks to everybody that that listens and watches and keep coming. You never know what uh, what we got on every week. It's a surprise. Yeah, buy the shirts. Stop being so cheap. Buy the yeah. shirts. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. See you, guys.